Good morning, good morning, good morning. Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I am your host, Kay Edwards. I hope you're all feeling blessed and highly favored, right? Because that's exactly what you are. And this week, I figured, like I said last week, that we were going to continue to talk about the book that I was reading or that I had read, and that was John C. Maxwell's The 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth, right? So I wanted to continue and go over some more points of the book because like I said, when I was reading it, I found it very interesting and it was about what we were talking about from the beginning, you know, our journey. And he had some really good, he had some really, really good ideas that he had brought up that I figured, you know what, we could incorporate that in our little uh, scenario as well, right? So if you missed any of last week's show, and I'm going to recap this one, but if you missed any of last week's, if you missed last week's show or any of my other shows, you can always find find me on Spotify, on iTunes, and on my show page at Radio Free Brooklyn. My shows are always archived there as well. And I don't know why it's so hard for me to speak this morning, but you know what? I'm going to power my way through it as I always do. And we're going to get through this show today, right? <laughs> so, as I was saying last week, I mentioned that I was reading a I was looking for a book to read for the summer season. And then I had noticed that, you know, my taste in reading had changed, you know, reading material. It wasn't just the same genre that I used to read back in the day. I no longer found interest in. And I guess it's attributed to my shift in me owning my purpose and understanding where I am right now and what I have to do. So, When you come to that place and that realization in your life, you no longer waste time, air quotes. And it's not like as if I was wasting time or anybody that's reading something other than what's pertaining to their purpose is a waste of time. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is when you start to realize what what your purpose is and why you're here and what you should be doing. Even if you don't have a full understanding, but you know deep with inside of you what you're doing and the road that you're on right now is leading you towards that. There's certain things that you just start cutting out because it doesn't matter anymore. They become less relevant in your life. Like things that I used to prioritize. Like, oh, I have to do whatever it was. I look at it now and I don't even think about doing those things anymore. So you start to rearrange the things that take priority in your life and what's most important. So in saying all that, getting back to the book, I now tend to gravitate towards reading books that have to deal with understanding oneself, awareness, you know, meditation, things on that level. Like I want to get someone else's perspective on those type of subjects. So that's what made me go to this book because I had heard people talk about, you know, John C. Maxwell and how he had so many books and they were really good. And, you know, he wrote books on leadership and 
things of that nature. So I said, you know what, let me just pick up one of his books and really see what it's about. And I happened to put my hands on this book and here we are right now discussing it, right? Because you know, anytime that I come across something, be it in literature, be it a concert I saw, a play, or if I saw something, a documentary on television, or even if I just saw a show, if it's something that I know is going to enlighten you listeners, I'm going to bring it back and I'm going to give you my commentary on it. Because as you know, we're here to try and understand the meaning of our lives and how we can live our life to the fullest as God has intended us, as God had intended us to do, right? So we discussed chapter one of the book where the author stated that there was a law of intentionality. Simply put, you must begin to live your life as though you know what you want, right? That's what that chapter was really saying to me. That's what I got from it. And most of us live our lives day to day. Can we, let's just be real here for a minute. Most of us live our lives day to day. And that philosophy, that philosophy has been passed around for a while. But if not clearly defined, do you know that living day to day can lead you to wander for the rest of your life? You'll just be wandering like, and then when you get to a certain place, you'll be like, how did I get here? Now, let me clarify that statement that I just made. Jesus himself stated in Matthew six thirty four. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. But now how many of you know that when he stated those words, he was still leading you to live your life with intention. If you don't know where you're going and just start walking, you could end up anywhere. Right? When you know where you're going, when you start out, you're most likely to end up where you set out to be. And that's what it means to live by the law of intentionality. So last week we lived, we learned about the growth gap and the traps that keep us from living our lives with intention, right? And the author mentioned eight of them. We had the assumption gap. We had the timing gap. We had the knowledge gap, we had the mistake gap, the perfection gap, the inspiration gap, the comparison gap, and the expectation gap. So now this week, we're going to continue going through the book and we're going to see which parts can we incorporate into our own personal journey. Today's lesson is titled Part 2 of the 15 invaluable laws of growth. Now, as we continue the discussion of this book, I know some of you are going to say, oh, I already knew that, or, oh, we've discussed that before. And yes, I will agree with you. The thoughts expressed by the author are not new. He just has a new way of saying something. But isn't that with everything that we read? Everything that we read, unless we're reading about a subject that we know absolutely nothing about, someone has already said it. Because what? There's nothing new under the sun, right? So everything is just repurposed for a new time, right? So 
you can think of it this way. Sometimes you need to hear what you already are aware of or perhaps might not be aware of in order to get another understanding of that same occurrence in someone else's life other than yourself, right? That is what it means to walk in someone else's shoes. You could have experienced an event and another person experienced the same event, but both of you handled it in a way that best suited you at the moment. But hearing the event from someone else lets you understand that A, you are not alone in your circumstances, B, there are different options to solving a problem, and C, when solving a problem using the various the various options available, which one is the best option, right? And that's just another way of looking at things. Also, like we said, you can be given a scripture, like God can give you a scripture in your spirit and you read it for that time in your life and you're living through that scripture in your life. But can I tell you, five years from now, he could give you that same scripture and it will seem like, oh my gosh, I never saw it from that angle. Same exact words. The words in the book didn't change. The words in the book didn't change. Same exact words. But because you're in a different place in your life, it hits you in a different way. So that's the same thing when you, like when I'm talking about this book, it's gonna be a lot of things in here that we're gonna say, oh yeah, we know that already. But even though you know it already, are you looking at it now through different lenses? Are you at, are you at a different point in your life now where maybe you can apply some of these principles and it really makes sense to you and it has meaning and perhaps it's something that you might now, now follow Whereas when you heard it before, you just heard it and it just flew right over your head. Just something to think about. So we're going to talk about awareness because the author has a chapter in the book that's called the law of awareness. And everyone wants to believe that they're aware that they are aware of what is going on around them and with them. Right. If you were to ask anyone what is going on today, you can quickly get an answer of how they're aware and where they know what's happening at the moment. But can I tell you that if you're living your life apart from God, you're not aware of anything. Yeah, that's what I just said. You're not aware of anything. And I know some of you at this moment are grumbling. What is she talking about? I know where I'm at. I know what I'm doing. Let me say to you, you think that you are aware of life and it's changing patterns, but you are not aware of anything unless God is the one ordering your steps on a daily basis. You know nothing. All you know is that you are moving and going through the motions that will eventually lead you somewhere and somewhere could be anywhere, right? Like I mentioned in the early part of the show. If you don't know where you're going, when you set out, you can end up anywhere. Now think about it. Do we really have time to end up anywhere? Only to have to try and find out where we are and then find our way back to where we should have been. And now that is a place where most people are today. So I guess, now that I'm saying it out loud, when you look at it from that point of view, yes, people are aware where they are. They know that they don't know where they are. So that's being aware, right? 
right? <laughs> they don't know where they are and they're still trying to figure out where they want to be. So yes, they are aware that they don't know where they are. So don't get upset because I myself, yours truly, at one time in my life, I was there as well. And I'm not ashamed to admit it because you have to, you have to understand and own everything about you in order to take you into the next level of being your best person. You just can't discard parts of you and be like, oh no, that was never me. I don't know anything about that. That's not what growth is. Everything that happens in your life happens for a reason and you can use that. God uses those pieces of you to incorporate and make the you that you are today and the one that's going to be going forward, right? So I was like that at one time before I really was, before I really, you know, wanted to live my life for Christ. I was, I was living my life for just living my life, having fun, doing whatever I wanted to do. But then I realized, you know what? I've been doing that for how many years and I'm still in the same spot that I was in before. We all are there at some time or another. But when you find yourself, the thing is, what do you do about it? And that's the key to growth. And what I liked about this book is that it reinforced everything that we talk about here and the journey. And it also gave me some really good quotes from authors that I didn't know existed, right? (laughs) And I'm going to share those with you today. So now... My first one comes from the chapter of the law of awareness. And this one I got from, his name is Samuel Johnson, who, by the way, wrote the first English dictionary back in 1755, right? And before that time, there were no books to give meanings to the words that were commonly used. And the book wasn't perfect. It's far from perfect but it was a true reflection of the thoughts of the people at the time, right? How men thought, how they believed. So he put all those words together in a book. So he wrote our first English dictionary and that dictionary has carried over all those words that he wrote back then has carried over and is now titled the Oxford dictionary of the Oxford dictionary that's out there. Those, that was the basis of the Oxford, the Oxford dictionary. So that's just a little trivia for you guys to just, to just know, you know, I like passing on little tidbits of things that I learned. So now this is what he said. This is the quote that Samuel Johnson said. Almost every man wastes part of his life in attempts to display qualities, which he does not possess. Now, does that make sense? Don't you know a lot of people that are just going through the motion to display something about themselves that is not really true? So what do you think about that statement? Aren't we always trying to act like we're more than what we are, even on the smallest of levels? And that's because at the bottom, the core, the core of it all, we all need to feel important. That need comes from wanting to be acknowledged on some level. But the acknowledgement that we're seeking from humans can never satisfy the acknowledgement that we see, that we receive 
when we are walking in our gifts that were given to us from God. And that's why we're always seeking that acknowledgement because the acknowledgement that we're really seeking is the acknowledgement from, from God. Cause he's the only one that can give us and fulfill us to let us feel like we matter. Right. Because on some level, if you think about it, we realize that we're all unique in our own way. And we all have something to offer that's different from the next person. And that's what I took from that chapter, the law of awareness. When you are aware of who you are and your unique talents and gifts, then you don't have to walk around pretending like you're somebody else. You don't have to walk around pretending that you're anything or anyone other than who you really are. And as Carl Jung put it, your vision will become clear only when you look into your heart. Who looks outside dreams, who looks inside awakens, right? Interesting. In order to grow into who you are, you must first know who you are, right? I know I just said the same thing, but it's not. I didn't say the same thing. I said, in order to grow into who you are, you have to know who you are. And you can only know yourself from looking from within. Cause let's just think about it. If we think about the time that we spent indoors last year during the height of the pandemic, that was the time that God was giving us to look within, to know who we really were. Everything in the world was shut down completely. Most people didn't take the time before to know who they were. And that was the time that they could have taken to develop themselves, to spend time with themselves, to understand who they really were instead of complaining about they couldn't get out and they couldn't gather and they wanted to go to the bar and they wanted to do this that and the other distractions all those things were distractions in our lives that yeah at one time they were fun but when everything stopped you were able to recognize what their true value played you know what was the true value of it in your life what I just described right there the author would Look at that as being the law of reflection. Everything that happened during the pandemic gave us an opportunity to reflect on other aspects of our life and how things had been and where exactly is it going, you know, as we move forward, right? Which reminds me of another quote from the book, which states, if someone is going down the wrong road, they don't need motivation to continue. They need motivation to stop, right? Because people will continue to go down the wrong path for the rest of their lives unless someone or something catches their attention and tells them to stop, right? So 
when we had the pandemic, that was our time for us to look into ourselves to figure out who we were. And for those of you who took advantage of that, kudos to you, because now you have a clearer direction of what's really going on around you, right? So now another aspect of the book is the law of environment, the law of environment, right? Because change depends on your choices. Your choices dictate your level of growth. You could either choose right or you can choose wrong. And Nebo Quibin, Quibin, I hope I didn't kill the name, a motivational speaker and a businessman stated, and I'm paraphrasing this, your success or failure in life has little to do with your circumstances and has all to do with your choices, right? So that's the law of environment. It's all in your choices. And we've got that as proof from time to time in the Bible because God told us he set before us blessings and curses. And he told us to choose life. He told us to choose life, right? So we have various stories in the Bible that show us that it wasn't as much environment that dictated or guided the what happened to a person. It was more so the choices that they made right? The author states that you have control over what happens to you in your environment, not the, op- not the other way around. Your environment doesn't control what happens to you. You can dictate what happens to you in your surroundings where you're living. And when you really think about it, that's true. Just because you're in a certain situation or in a certain location doesn't mean that you can't get the best out of whatever that circumstance is at that particular moment. You can make the best out of wherever you are. And that includes your friends, everything, where you go, what you talk about, what you do, all that is incorporated in the law of environment. Another law in the book is called the law of design. And that means, you know, just being organized, right? having your life organized in a certain way so that everything flows the way you want it to. And the author states, the secret of your success is found in your daily routines. And that's another way of designing, patterning, intentionally, being aware. All those things fit together in order for you to obtain your greater good that you're trying to, you know, that you're trying to to get to. They all tie in to this concept of growth. And now the law of pain. Now this one I thought to be very, you know, fascinating because, well, not fascinating, but I I like this, this part of the book because we all, the one thing that we always want to dwell on is when something hurts us or when we feel pain or neglected or that's an emotion that we can all say, is universal because everybody always talks about that even more so than happiness. People talk about pain or being hurt more so than they talk about how happy and excited and elated they are. They use happiness for like just fleeting. It's a fleeting moment, but pain they will carry on forever. 
And I don't know why we do that, but we do. But here's a, here's a nice quote that I like. A bend in the road is not the end of the road unless you fail to make the turn. Meaning that just because something happened doesn't mean you have to stay there. You can continue on, can continue on and keep moving. Facing difficulties is inevitable. Learning from them is optional because we're all going to face difficulties in our life, right? That's just what life is about. You're going to have difficulties, but it's what you take from them is what makes you grow. If you stay in it, of course, you're not going to grow anywhere. You're just going to stay there. And there are various other laws in the book. I'm not going to go through each and every one of them. I just picked out the ones that I thought, especially with the quotes that were there. When I read the quotes on the side, that's what really made me remember the chapter, like the law of the ladder. If you do the things that you need to do when you need to do them. Let me say that again, tongue twister. If you do the things that you need to do when you need to do them, then someday you can do the things you want to do when you wanna do them, right? Everything builds upon the next. That was the law of the ladder. And he also has in here the law of the rubber band. It's never too late to be what you might have been. And that was from George Eliot. And the last one I'm going to say is about the law of curiosity. Experience is not the best teacher. Evaluated experience is. Meaning that you could have an experience and still not learn anything from it unless you sit down and reflect what that experience was about and what it did to you and how it either made you or broke you, right? So that was just my little, you know, I just gave you some parts of the book. You could actually take it and read it if you liked, you know, some of the parts that you read to go more in depth with it. But overall, my take on what he was saying was if you take the time to really just sit down, acknowledge where you are, acknowledge where you want to be and put in the steps to get there, that is growth. That's growth right there. And I tell you how we always talk about here on the show, self-reflection, how important that is. Self-reflection, you know, I'm big on self-reflection. You know, I tell you about every year, the birthday, do the self-reflection, find out where you were, how your year went, where do you want to go forward? What did you fall short on? You know, we talked about that here on the show. So that's why I guess when I really read this book, I was like, oh, Okay, so I was on this path without even knowing, without even reading what he had written, but that's what we're doing anyway. That's what we're doing. Because again, like I said, all words are words that we just repurpose to fit our life for when it fits our life. I can't say it any plainer than that. So I hope that all of you got something from what I talked about with the book. And I want us to be able to live our lives with fulfillment and contentment and peace, right? And not have any type of regrets or feel like, oh, we missed out on something, right? Because remember, it's never too late to be what you could have been. You just have to make the right choices. And as God always tells us, 
we should choose life. So let's do that. And with that, we're going to take a music break. You have been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn, what Brooklyn sounds like. People always trying to bring you down. They be throwing stones like it's going out of style. Seeking for the ones that can devour. But you can't let them have it. You can't let them take their power. Don't forget who you were made to be. Be royal priest, you're a child of the king. Don't give in to negativity. Just keep smiling in the face of all your enemies. You can dream it down a way too high. Can nobody get it straight? Don't forget who you were made to be. Royal priest, sir, you're a child of a king. Don't give in to negativity. Just keep elevating above all your enemies. You can dream it down on way too high. When it gets loud, I'll turn the world down. I'll stay here with you. When the lights come, I'll keep my eyes up. Listen for what's true. When it gets loud, I'll turn the world down. I'll stay here with you. Jesus, come what? 
listening to what would Kay say here on Radio Free Brooklyn. Now we're in the part of the show that we call op-ed and in today's op-ed it's more of a commentary. Well I guess every op-ed is a commentary right because I take something (laughs) and then I give you my spin on it. So I don't know why I'm making it seem like as if this is something I'm doing that's so profound so new. I do this all the time. Okay well all right let's just talk about what I want to talk about then. But it's nothing in the news. That's what it is. Okay, that's the difference. It's nothing that has to do with the news. Because normally when I do op-ed, I take articles that, or I take situations, I take occurrences that are happening in the news at the moment, and then I break it down to try to figure out what is really going on. But what I'm about to talk about today has nothing to do with what's going on in the news. It has to do with the aggressive drivers that are on the road. O.M. Goodness. I can't like I've started driving like on a daily basis now. And before, I guess I think I might've mentioned to you guys how much I don't like driving anymore. I had actually gotten to the point where I like to be chauffeured, but lately I found myself on the road more often and me behind the wheel. And can I tell you, and I always used to talk about when I used to drive occasionally and say, you know what? 
people have really gotten aggressive on the road. And I always said, oh, it has something to do with COVID. COVID is just, you know, it's really gotten worse, you know, made the worst of, of people come out. It's really bad now. On, if you get on any highway, like, okay, I've been on the Jackie Robinson. I've been on the Grand Central Parkway. I've been on the Van Rick Van Wick Expressway. I've been on the Belt Parkway. And I know people have a tendency to go above speed limit. But let me tell you something. The speed limits now, I don't know. It could have been because I was just driving at whatever speed limit I wanted to drive at back then. But I never really noticed signs posted of speed limits. But what you will see now is if you're driving in the street, whether it be on a residential street or even on a highway, you see those speed limit posters now more frequently speed limit on all those roads I just mentioned 45 50 why are people doing 75 80 why are people doing 75 80 on the Jackie Robinson it's a two lane highway two lanes two lanes so if there's an accident everybody's stuck they, and now mind you, the Jackie Robinson, if you know Brooklyn and you know the Jackie Robinson, curves, when I say curves, more than the Southern state. See, the Southern state has nice curves and it's a wide lane. The Southern state is like what, four lanes? And they have nice curves. The curves go so nicely that even if you're doing 45, 50 even, when you take those curves, turns on the southern state it's almost like wow it's blissful it's like yeah I like this when you do those curves on the Jackie Robinson those curves are like the roller coaster at Coney Island they are so sharp and the sharpness about them is because when you're going around them you don't know what's on the other side till you get there so if someone's Speeding at 50 on a curve and they don't know what's on the other side when they get there, that's an accident waiting to happen. An accident waiting to happen. I said, I want to see exactly what speed you can take with it being where you don't have to step on your brake to do the, cur the turn. Just take the curves at a speed that you can stay at that speed and just do the curves and still feel comfortable and not feel like, oh my gosh, I need to stop. And because it's on a hill too, let's let, let me add that in there. It's on a hill. So no matter, even if you're doing 30 or 25, taking those curves, if you're going downhill, eventually when you go to take that next curve, you've already built up speed because you're going downhill, right? Okay. So I'm saying all that to say, if you're already building up speed at 30, going on a curve, which most curves you should take at 25 to 30, no more than that max, especially as tight as they are in the Jackie Robinson, why are you barreling down at 70? And then you're, mind you, you're barreling down at 70 in a giant Tahoe. And then when you get there, you're like slamming on your brakes. Cause you now mind you, you're slamming on your brakes and you're moving over into the next lane because you don't want to hit the, the, the side, the barrett, you know, the side of the wall where you're at, you want to come into the next lane so you could be okay. That's unacceptable. But the one thing I do want to say, and I'm going to cap it because they drive crazy on the, the Grand Central and that's why they drive, they drive crazy on the Belt Parkway and that's why they just drive crazy. I just want everybody to slow down. And I also want to tell you, for all of you who think you're just such expert drivers, you're not. 
You're not an expert driver because if you were, you would know the speed to do to take the curves and not have to slam on your brakes because you would know how you could just meander around the curves at that certain speed limit and you wouldn't have to step on your brakes. So if you really think that you're a great driver, think again, you're not. And that's just my little, I had to do that little rant because driving and all the chaos that's going on on these roads is really ridiculous. It's really ridiculous. But the next thing I wanted to talk about was, it was the driving, it was the kids, and it was, oh, another thing too. And this is just something that I've noticed because, you know, if, I, if I'm around people, you know, I'm, I'm going to be very observant because I'm always feeling out my environment. My spirit is always, is always picking up whatever is going on with people, you know, just all the time, no matter where I'm at, in the supermarket, anywhere, I'm picking up a vibe. If you, and now I've noticed even with COVID too, and I don't know what it is about this. And here I go again. I don't know what it is about this. People now feel, before you, you always had people who always felt they had to let people know how intelligent they were. But now I've noticed even more so. You have people that will just blurt out stuff and just always, always want to over talk someone. Or, or it, It's just to the point where it's like, uh-uh, okay, if, if that's what you feel is true, oh, okay. But the first thing that always comes to my mind when I hear like, and I'm just listening to other people's conversations. So it's not even like they're talking to me per se, but if you're just standing someplace and you hear two people talking and you just hear the dynamics of the conversation, the first thing that comes to my mind is Proverbs 17, 28. Even a fool is counted wise when he holds his peace. When he shuts his lips, he is considered perceptive. So I just want to tell people that when they're talking, it's not so important that people think that you know everything or that you're, a, you know, you're just so versed in everything. That's not important. Sometimes people just need to have a, a decent conversation without someone always trying to one up everything about what they say. You know, and sometimes I just listen to people talk and I'm like, okay, well, was that really necessary to add all that in there? Like, did it really change the dynamic of the conversation other than to get the person that you're talking to a little agitated? Cause they're like, you know, like, why did you have to go there with that? But now that leads me into talking about the children. Now, kids or parents who have kids, let your child know that yes, they're the sunshine. You may think that they are the sun and we know the sun is the brightest star in our galaxy, right? But that's only from the earth's view. When you're looking at the sun from the earth, it looks like the sun blots out all other stars that are in the galaxy, right? But do you know that if you're in space and the further out in space you go, the smaller the sun becomes because it's just another star, just like all the other stars that are in the galaxy. Let your child know that in your eyes, they're the sun, but in the universe, they're just another star like all the other stars. And I say that to say, not that I'm diminishing who your child is or what you think your child is. What I'm saying is, if you allow your child to just know that they're a star and there are other stars there, 
it makes it easier for them to get along with the children in school because then they don't have to keep trying to, like these adults that I hear talking, always trying to one-up or think they're better than or think that they're smarter than. No, you're a star. Someone else is a star as well. And just like you're the sun, someone else is the North Star. Everybody can't be the sun and everybody can't be the North Star. But we do have a sun and a North Star. And they're both up there in the galaxy and they're all existing, coexisting all together, right? You don't see the sun trying to blot out the North Star. Everybody does what they do. And that's leading me to kids in school. Because I know going back, it's going to be a challenge because they weren't there last year, because they were learning remotely. I don't want anyone's child to feel like because if they can't keep up or because they might have fell behind with everything with the pandemic, that they're less than. So just let your child know that, yes, they are a star. And in your house, they may be the sun. But when they get out in the world, they're just another star in the giant galaxy amongst other stars, right? And with that, that ends up Ed. So I want us to remember our word of the month, which is adapt. And the children are going to have to adapt going back to school as we all are learning to adapt with everything going on in the world today. And, and while we're saying prayers, we're going to say a prayer for the children as they return back to school. May God bless their minds. Let the Holy Spirit, let them be able to obtain all the wisdom and knowledge there is to get in this learning year. Let the spirit guide them into all remembrance so that when they're studying for those tests, they're able to recall everything that they've learned let the reading be easier for them. Let the math be easier for them. Let them be able to comprehend. Lord, open their eyes, open their ears. Let them be able to retain everything that goes into them this year because they're our future. And they then have to work for the kingdom. They have to fulfill their purpose in life. So let's help prepare them, God. We ask that you put your covering and your blessing over each and every one of them as they return back into the classroom. God bless the teachers. Let them have the patience to deal with the children and to give them everything that they need to get for this school year to make them to be the people that you created them to be from the foundation of the word, right? from the foundation of the word. In Jesus' name we pray that, amen. So with that, like I said, our word is adapt because we are still adapting to everything going on in our lives every day. And our promise for this week is going to be coming from John sixteen thirty three. These things I have spoken to you that in me, you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And with that, I want to say everyone have a blessed week. Continue to continue to enjoy the rest of your Sunday. COVID is still out there. Wear your mask. 
wash your hands, social distance, right? That's my PSA. You know, I always end the show with that. So have a blessed Sunday. And until God brings us together again next week, peace. I was broken, but there was no one that I could tell. Mm. Praying felt like I was throwing pennies in a wishing well. And I started believing I was cursed to carry this weight. I was listing the reasons of why I should walk away until That is loudest. I know the one with the power. It's never the one who is shouting, shouting.
I lean in, I know that I need to listen Through all of the thunder you whisper Even in doubt you are with me, with me Like a love song that I've always known Your word hits me deep inside my soul When you speak the god of confusion why do i feel like i'm losing my mind every time i can't see what you're doing like a love song that i've always known your word hits me deep inside my soul when you speak Oh, the glory. 